Standing, please. I think Junior Church already went out. Thank you for doing that. And tonight, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of uh, 1 John, chapter number 3. 1 John, chapter number 3. 1 John, chapter number 3, and we'll look at verse number 1. And uh, the time my message this, morning, this evening is this, uh, how to stay right, how to stay right. You know, it's a wonderful thing to stay right with God. Amen. And, and the thing is, it ought not be something that's just once in a while happens. Uh, it's not to be, you know, well, I'm right with God today, not tomorrow. Uh, we can stay right with God. I didn't say we'll become perfect. I uh, wish we could, uh, but we can't. We can't, stay, we can't stay perfect. We're not perfect. And we said this morning about how that uh, we're all sinners, but uh, we, we, can, we can stay right. We can stay right. Let's look at, look at verse number one. We'll read verses one through three. And so just three verses. We'll read at unison now, all righty? Chapter three, first John, verses one through three. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you for this time here this evening. Lord, we're, we're so grateful to have a church building that we can meet in. And uh, Lord, uh, but it'd be great even if it wasn't a nice building like this, because Lord, we, we promised that we'd be two or more to gather together. You'd be in the midst. And and, Lord, we've got that covered there. So, Father, thank you that you're here with us tonight. But, Lord, without you, it would just be just any old meeting. But, Father, we're glad you're with us tonight. And, Lord, I pray you'll move in our hearts and our, uh, Lord, speak to us here this evening. And, Lord, again, if there's somebody here not saved, I pray you save them. But, Father, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us. And bless us and help us now to learn how to stay right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't want to say it a lot, but uh, it is so true. Our nation is in serious decline, and uh, we see it happening right around, all around us. Uh, I mean, there was a there was a day, you know. And I, I think we we kind of live in a in an area right now where uh, it's it's not quite as bad as it is in other areas. I was talking with a, a state trooper the other day. No, I didn't get pulled over. All right. Eh? But I was talking with a state trooper out soloing uh, here a couple weeks ago, knocked on his door, and uh, I told him where I'm from. And I said, uh, do you know where Gary, Indiana is? And that's where my wife grew up. And he says, oh, my, not very much good comes out of there. She was standing right next to me. And I said, well, she did, all right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was like, you know, troopers stick their foot in their mouth just like preachers do. And, uh, but uh, we, we, we told him, he says, boy, he says, a lot of problems. You know, and, and I grew up in the Chicagoland area, and, you know, watching the news back in those days, we moved here in 77. And so watching the news back there was, it was like unbelievable. And then we came out here, and the big news is, you know, uh, person's dog got run over on the street you know that was the big news and uh, now of course it's got a lot worse you know I watched the news the other day uh, early in the morning I turned the news on really to catch the weather and I found you know there was so many things in this man in Duncansville there was like two people in Duncansville one was for murder another one for something else and robbery and I'm thinking you know our, our area is getting bad too 
Well, I have to say it's not as bad as some areas. It's not like Chicago, not like Gary, Indiana, or New York City. And, uh, uh, but we know that there's, there's quite a, a decline, and, uh, and, and it seems to uh, uh, be going faster and faster on a decline. I, I thought, you know, morality is, as, is probably at an all-time low. You know, there was a time when people had a little bit of morals about themselves. There's always been that fringe. There's always been those folks, you know, crazy folks out there that have no morality. There's always been the, you know, the red light districts and stuff like that where there was nothing, no morality. And, and even people that were involved in it were kind of hush-hush about it because it was embarrassing. And uh, now it's right in our face, the morality of the LGBTQT and all the rest of the alphabet that they have now, uh, all, the, all the transgender things that are going on. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it just, we, we see it happening all around us. Morality is an all low, all-time low. But what is sad also that uh, patriotism is an all-time low. You know, I'm still glad I'm an American. I'm glad I don't live in any other country. I, you say, but America's not all it ought to be. Well, of course it's not. It's better than any other country in the world. It really is. And I, I, get, I get upset. I'm like, you know, with these people who don't like America, I think we ought to take an offering, buy them a one-way ticket to wherever they want to go. Amen. You know, these folks in California, I've always been under the impression on this, that in California, I'm sorry. But I'm th- you know, all that garbage just comes out of California. I'm in favor of this, cutting California off and letting it float away. That's how I feel about it. And uh, you say, well, you need to have compassion. I'll pray for them as they float away, all right? I'll even send them some hot dogs or something like that. But, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I look and I, I think, you know, patriotism is an all-time low, and I, morality is. And I, and I, and I think, you know, uh, we see all this happening all around us to the point that I, don't, I think we're fooling ourselves to think that it doesn't affect us. It does. It affects us. He said, Preacher, I, I'm not changing. I don't plan on changing either, but I have to be honest with you. Sometimes the way the world is, it affects us, whether you like it or not. I, I think, you know, it affects us to some degree. We're bombarded by satanic war uh, of, of what, what would we call this attrition. You say, what, what do you mean by that? It means gradually reducing our effectiveness and strength. That's what's happened. We've put up with so much that many folks, many churches, many pastors are tired of the fight. I remember talking, I remember a man years ago who said this. He says, uh, I don't want to be a fighting fundamentalist anymore. He was tired of the fight. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always going to be a fight. There's always got to be a fight. And that's why we're going to put on the armor of God, not to have a church picnic. We're to put the armor of God on because there's a battle that's going on in a fight. But we see that we're becoming more, more ineffective. Uh, we see, as Christians, we're losing our strength. And what happens then, we begin to cave in to all the things that are happening around about us. Now, we still get mad at what's going on. I said this morning, it makes me mad when someone starts taking God's name in vain. It just makes me, it makes my hands do this. I don't know why. And I get very upset when people do that. And I, I try to watch it and keep calm, you know, and, and, uh, but it bothers me. And, 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 I, and I look and I, I think, you know, uh, I get mad about what's going on. I, honestly, I, sometimes I try to watch the news and I get mad and I have to flip that news off. I don't want to listen to it. It just makes me mad when I see what's happening in Washington, D.C. I'm thinking a bunch of idiots and perverts, amen. And uh, I, I, I just, it makes me mad. And, 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 and to be honest with you, it, it makes me so frustrated 
that uh, the thought comes through my mind, you know, what are we doing then? If we're not careful, we'll back down. And it's not time for us to back down. It's time for us to gird up and get busy and do something for the Lord. But what happens, we get mad about what's happening. But here's the thing. What good does it do just to get mad? <laughs> you know, nothing. That man I talked about this morning was cussing, using the name of Jesus in vain. I got so mad sitting in my truck. And it did no good. Did absolutely no good. We get mad at the LGBTQT stuff that's going on, and, and we ought to be upset about that. But what good is it if we're just mad? We're mad at the profanity. We're mad at all the things that are going on in America today. And, and that's pretty much where, where we're at, just getting mad. And what do we do? We now, we have, uh, uh, you know, now we have Twitter and Facebook. And I'm not a fan of either one, really, to tell you the truth. I don't think you're a wicked sinner if you have it. But I, I think you could spend your time doing better things than that. But, you know, a lot of people, they, they spend the time and they write it. They'll write about all these things. And you got, you got, the, you got guys and preachers, too, they are writing about, you know, what they feel about on Twitter. And they have all their little tweets and that. You know, and that's all right. But, you know, what? that's not going to change things. Instead of writing on Facebook and Twitter, get out there and tell someone about Jesus Christ. But we get mad, and that's all right. I understand that all, things ought to make us mad, and, and we gripe and we complain. But let's face it, griping, complaining doesn't help things. I get behind people at Walmart when the, when the arrow is, you know, they got the arrow, or, or they, they, they've got the green light. The arrow went off, they got the green light, they can turn left. But they don't want to because they don't have the stupid arrow. I sit behind him and I go, what is wrong with this person? And I'm looking at all these other cars are way up there. You got people turning in Walmart. This guy could go. I'm one car away. My idea is this. If it, turns, if it starts turning red, if the guy in front of me goes, I go too. <laughs> Amen. I'm like, right on your bumper, buddy. You go, I'm going. I'll make that pack. They don't know about it. But I get upset sometimes. You know what? It has never made it any better by getting upset. My griping about that guy's driving doesn't do any good. And I'll be honest with you, the guy behind me that gripes when I go turning in Wendy's at the wrong place right there, and uh, I turn in where the other group is supposed to turn there, and my wife goes, where are you going? Don't worry, woman. I'm going to Wendy's. Don't matter how you get there, amen? <laughs> griping doesn't do anything about it, Amen? It doesn't help. No, even your griping woman don't help at all. Just, I just buy her a kid's meal. I won't buy her a regular meal if she goes griping too much. But I think sometimes we look as, as our ministry is the ministry of complaining and griping about things that are wrong. <laughs> we could sit here all night and talk about Washington not going to change a thing. We could sit here and talk about the, you know, the, the LGB things, you know, and it ain't going to change a thing. Us talking about it. What happens, though, that we sometimes then we get soft on sin. And a lot of folks get soft on sin, and usually you know what sin it is? Their sin. We like to say this, well, I don't see anything wrong in it. Don't matter how we see, it's a matter what God says. And so we begin to get soft. Now, what, why is that that happens? Is because the world affects us. 
You know, uh, there, there, was, there was a time, I, I used the illustration before, uh, there was a time when we turned the TV on, you heard someone cuss for the first time. And we thought, I can't believe they're doing that. Most of us today are used to it. You hear it all the time. You go to the store. I don't, I don't remember as a kid going to the store and hearing anybody cussing. Now you go to the store and you just, they got, they got three kids in the, in the, uh, in the what's the, the, the cart. And the mom and dad's cussing each other out. Or cussing the little boy and girl. And we get so used to it. There was a day when we knew about the homosexual stuff going on and it really bothered us. And now you've got Christians now, and even churches saying, hey, you know, what's wrong with having a gay pastor? How much time you got? And so what happens, we begin to let things slip. Churches that used to have some standards have let their standards go. And they've changed because the world has had an effect upon us. I think we would all would agree that the Lord is coming soon. Amen. We've already talked about that. I believe he's coming soon. And we'd all agree that, uh, you know, there's a spiritual decline Uh, that's going on but I think we also could agree on this too that there's a spiritual decline but there's also the wonderful thing about the fulfillment of prophecy the fulfillment of prophecy you see the Lord said these things would happen and they are right before our eyes I was thinking about you know when the Bible talks about uh, uh, the days we're living in right now prophesied about the days of sinfulness Go with me to Matthew chapter 24, if you would, please. You can keep your place in 1 John, but Matthew chapter number 24, we find about the, na- the days of Noah. Matthew 24, and look at verse number 37. Let's see what it was like back then. The Bible said it's going to be like this in these days, the days of sinfulness, and let's see what was going on in Matthew 24, verse 37, and we'll read down through verse number 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In other words, what were they doing? Was it necessarily wrong to eat and drink and marry and give any marriage? No, it wasn't necessarily a thing. They were just busy doing the everyday things. It doesn't necessarily say their drinking was alcohol or anything like that. But I'm sure, you, I'm sure that was happening too. But they were marrying. That marrying is not bad. Giving a marriage is not bad. They were just, that was their life. The Bible said be like that. You know, it's a sin to forget God. It's a sin to forget God. Also the days of Lot. Go with me to Luke chapter number 17. Luke chapter number 17, verse number 28. And we see how it was back in Lot's day, Luke 17, 28 through 30. The Bible says, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now again, both those verses we read, or the verses we read uh, uh, just a moment ago in the book of Matthew with Noah... There, he was saying about that's the way it's going to be before the Lord comes. And so we're living in a day when it is very soon our Lord is going to come. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 16 and verses 49 and 50, it says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. 
pride, fullness of bread, abundance, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. So according to the word of God, what happens, there's going to be the days of sinfulness before the coming of our Lord. We also know that there's going to be days of deception. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We've talked about these things many a times. But again, tonight we'll see something about that. 2 Thessalonians in chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And let's look at verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except, here it is, there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Let me tell you something. That, 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 uh, that, that, man, that son of perdition, that man of sin is about to be revealed. Now, here, here's the thing about it. You know what? The Antichrist is going to be on the scene. The Antichrist could be on the scene right now, but yet has not been revealed. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to stop and think what may be going on right now. We look and we see what's happening in the Middle East. We see what's happening in the world today. And we think, man, how much worse can it get? I don't know. I guess it could get worse. It was that way in Lot's time and Noah's time. I mean, think about it. How many folks made it through the, through the flood? Only a few. Only those that got in the ark. There'll be days of deception. You know, it's amazing what people believe today and so many people are deceived you know we've got to be careful you say preacher how can i keep from being deceived stick in the book stick in the book i'd say this don't go surfing the internet to find out the truths you know you want to surf surf your king james bible amen find out what the bible has to say watch out who you listen to you know i i, I was thinking you know remember jim jones you know down down in uh Guyana, or you guys were down there. Thank you for not drinking the Kool-Aid, all right? And, uh, but those folks, uh, you know, you wonder, how in the world could people do such a stupid thing? How could so many people, thousands of people, follow an idiot like that? They didn't search the scriptures. They began to believe somebody, believe something else. They were deceived. And then to think that they all drank that, that Kool-Aid. They drank that stuff and killed themselves and their babies and their kids. You say, how could something like that happen? Let me tell you something. There's a lot of deceiving out there. There's a lot of people today who say, well, you can't know that you're saved. They're deceivers. You can know you're saved. And thank the Lord, when he saves you, he keeps you too. Thank the Lord. There's days of deception, also days of spiritual peril. Go to me, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. In verses 1 through 5, the Bible says this, Know also that in the last days, all right, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, I'll tell you what, isn't this like the front news of the newspaper tomorrow? 
For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Notice this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What God tells us to do then? From such turn away. You know what's happening though? Folks are running to them. They're running to them. I mean, is that is that a is that a description of America today? Yeah. You know, the crazy guy that's a, the mayor of Chicago now, and they just had a group of young people went out and and uh, burglarized and terrorized people in downtown Chicago. And uh, they were saying about these thugs that were out there, and the mayor got mad. He says, you ought not talk about our young people that way. They're a bunch of unruly thugs. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking, you know, what makes a man think that way? I'll tell you what, he's not in the Word of God. I'll he, guarantee you this, he got, he got brain dirtied in a university one day. Got all messed up, got away from God. If he ever was with God, I don't know. But I'll tell you, I think, you know, what, what a sad thing in we think that, that we're in days of spiritual peril, having a form of godliness. It's a mess out there, and I think we all agree with that. So how can we keep from getting caught up in the mess? If that's what we're in all the time, and we are, no matter where you go, you go to Walmart, you see a mess. You know, you go to the mall, you see a mess. I mean, wherever you go, there's a mess going on. You can turn a TV on, it's a mess. You go to the internet and there's a mess. You say, well, how in the world can we make it then? How can we stay straight? How can we stay right with the Lord? Well, I believe we find the answer in 1 John in chapter number 3. Let's go back there again and look at it. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. You know, the world, they don't understand us at all. But I'm glad today, I'm glad for, if we just get this first part, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Do you understand how much God loves you? Do you understand how much God loves you? Yeah, probably not, all right, according to your, your voicing of it. But, uh, you know, you think about it, how much God loves us. And I thought, you know, what is it, what can keep us straight? I believe one of the things is this, when we come to the realization how much God loves us. You may go on and say, well, praise the Lord for the songs we sing here tonight. But, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to gripe about God all week long when you find out that health-wise they're not so good? God's good when our health is not good. You know what? And the doctor says you got cancer, God's still good. The doctor says we don't find any hope for you, God's still good. God's good all the time. You know, if we would just understand, I think what will help keep us straight and help keep us right when we get down in our hearts and understand how much God loves us and how much God cares for us and, and, and the matter to, to understand his sacrificial love. You know, what Jesus did, he went to that cross of Calvary and suffered like no man ever suffered before. Why? He did it for you and I. He suffered for us. We think our suffering is having to sit through a sermon that goes five minutes long. No, we, we don't suffer. I mean, even this old world, we don't really suffer. Jesus suffered for us. Why did he do it? He who was sinless became sin for us because he loves us. We must never forget the price he paid for eternal salvation. 
Our salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It cost Jesus to go to the cross of Calvary. I like that song, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. I know my family cares for me. I know my church folks care for me. But I have to say this, no one cares for me like Jesus cares for me. Always remember, he loves you. That will help you keep right. That will help you keep right. Secondly, verse number 3, the Bible says there, uh, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. You know, to have the knowledge of who we are. I don't say this boastfully, in a, really, but here, here it is. You ready? I'm a child of God. <laughs> you say, well, you think you're something. No, I know I don't deserve it, but I'm a child of God. You know? I was always, I was always thankful for my dad and mom. Like, man, I say, I thought my dad was the smartest, the most, most uh, strongest man when I was a kid. I really believe he, did, he was, especially when he was on the end of the, other, end of the belt. He was, real, he was really strong. But I, I, you know, my, my dad, I, 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 he, he, was, he was my hero. You know, my Heavenly Father's my hero. And when I think about, you know, that I'm his son, in a sense, I'm not, I'm not Jesus, but we're sons of God because we were born in the family. He's my father. My friend Glenn, he was my best friend and my arch enemy all at the same time. Glenn would go, my dad makes more money than your dad. And he had no clue, and I had no clue how much my money my dad made. And you know what I said? My dad makes more. He goes, my dad makes more. He goes, well, my, dad, my dad's an insurance salesman. I said, well, my dad owns a security agency. He goes, my dad makes more money. And then we would say, my dad has more hair. Both of them were bald as could be. But we'd argue, always who had the, my dad's stronger than your dad. No, my dad's stronger than your dad. My dad could probably lift 50,000 pounds. You know what Glenn would say? My dad can lift 60,000. We're both a bunch of liars. But we loved our dads. You know, last name Biter, what a terrible name. I was, at, I was at the uh, uh, the doctor's the other door was I was at the where was I at there they had to write my name down wrote my name down had B I T T E R. I said that's not right. I said it makes it bitter. And I looked at it was a guy it was it was it was a it was a, um, a man and I said don't make me bitter. <laughs> he said putting your name as bitter make you bitter. I guess it would make it bitter. You know why? That's my name. I got my name from my dad. Now, I'll be honest with you, if I could change it and make it something else a lot easier, like Jones. But it's Biter. I'm glad to take my dad's name. And I'm glad to be a Christian. Name the name of Christ. I'm glad I'm a son of God. You know, to help you stay right, understand who you are. I'm a child of the king. I'm God's son. I, 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 we're sons of God. We've been adopted in the most wonderful family of all. Amen. I mean, think about it. I was born into the Biter family. My mom and dad did not choose me. But you know, when you adopt somebody, you choose them. It's really special. I don't ever think of a child that's adopted that's not. You say, well, somebody gave them up, but somebody really loved them and adopted them. I've been adopted by the Lord. I'm his child, and he loves me. And all that came along with that came brothers and sisters. 
I thought there'd be more amens about that because that's who you are. Thank the Lord for brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, I'm glad for the family of God. What was it? Um, he had that song years ago. Remember? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Remember that song? I don't know who sang that. Elvis or somebody. I don't know. No, who, who was it? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Okay, Elvis may have sang it too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, we, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, aren't you? Oh, thank the Lord. You say about preacher that we got some crazy members in the family. Every family does. I always make fun about this. Everybody's got the crazy uncle in their family. And you know, yeah, the church family has some crazy uncles too, but thank the Lord for the family of God. Isn't it good to be with God's people tonight? I'll tell you what, how wonderful, how blessed we are to be here tonight. You know, that'll help us stay right. It'll help us stay right. And, uh, you know, so I, li- I like what the, the song of Solomon said. It said, my beloved is mine, and I am his. <laughs> you know, that's pretty sweet, isn't it? To think that, you know, he's mine and I'm his. I'm glad he's mine and I'm his. Nothing could change that. God's not going to throw me out. Not going to, God's not going to put me up for adoption. He saved my soul. I'm his forever. That'll help you stay right when that clicks in your brain. Even as the world gets worse, God still loves you. Verse number two says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we. You know, the knowledge of why we're here and what we are. We are who we are because we believe and desire him. That's an important thing for us to stop and think about this evening. We desire him. You know, when I got saved, I chose to be saved. You say, well, God chose us. I know he chose us all. He wants all men to be saved. But the thing was, on August 11, 1971, I chose him. I said, God, I want you as my heavenly father. I want to be saved. I chose him. You know, it was a good decision. You may not think so, but it was a good decision when you got saved too. I mean, go back to that time in your life when you accepted Christ. Let that sink in. Understand how wonderful it is to be God's child. That we are his. We are his. Nothing changes that. How many choose? I've seen this happen over, you know, soul winning, where people have chosen supper over salvation. I've seen people choose wheel of fortune over salvation. That sounds a little funny, but I'm telling you what, that's what's happened. You go up to a house and you, go, and you talk to them, we invite you to church. Well, we have our own church. And then you ask them a question that tells you about the church they go to. You ask them, if you die today, do you know you go to heaven? Well, I don't know. I hope so. I've been in my church for 40 years. Can I show you the Bible how to be saved? I'm sorry, we're busy right now. I just walked up their sidewalk and saw them in their chair and on their couch watching Wheel of Fortune. I've been houses where people come and they're chewing their food. I know they're eating supper. They got food. I had one, they had food on their face, and I'm trying not, I keep, you know, I don't want to stare at the food on their face, but when they're standing there with food on their face, it's just something like your eyes just go. <laughs> right? 
So if a soul winner comes to your door, wipe your face off, all right? But, uh, I, I mean, I, I've, honestly, I, I know. I, Pam and I were, were our soul winning the other day, and, and uh, uh, a lady came to the door, and she was kind of chewing her food yet. And you could smell it. The, food, the smell of food was coming out of that house. And she goes, oh, not right now. She goes, no, I don't know. I'm going to have, but I, not you know, I'm really, we just sat down to eat. How many folks die and go to hell over a supper? How sad. But you know what? I'm glad that I chose him. Many people don't choose him. They'd rather choose anything else but salvation. Uh, one, one of the situations always bothers me so much in Roaring Spring. I talked to a lady. She came. She was really nice. And she said she goes to a church. And I asked her about if she died, she'd go to heaven. She says, no, I don't know. And I said, can I take just a few moments? It'd take less than five minutes. Can I show you how you can know you're saved? She said, No. I've got two litter boxes I've got to clean. I'd be afraid of going to hell over litter boxes. Amen. And the world don't see how important it is. Understand how important your salvation is. Understand what happened there. And understand that the fourth thing is in verse number two, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. The knowledge of knowing what we're going to be someday. I like, I like the song, This Robe of Flesh, I'll Drop and Rise. I'll be glad to get rid of this robe of flesh. This robe, i got to go to the doctor tomorrow about my eye. So you got to look in there and go, everything's okay. But you got to go there and have them check it out. And hopefully it is all okay. But this whole body doesn't do good all the time. But I know one of these days, I'll not have to go to the doctor anymore. I still every three months have to go and get checked for the cancer. And uh, they do it, but and I, always get, I always get a little bit nervous because you know why you're going in there, because they're going to check and see if it's still gone. And I always like when I go in there, and, they, and the, then one of the nurses, I get on my phone first, I already know, but then the nurse from Pittsburgh calls and says, hey, Mark, good news. The cancer is non-detectable. Oh, man, how great that is. But I know that that may be undetectable there, but there may be other places where cancer come in. But I know this, one of these days, this old body that has cancer sometimes is going to drop away that good no the aches the pains arthritis huh getting old ain't for sissies amen i mean you just i mean this old body just deteriorates we can't do you know my grandfather said he he he, one day he was trying to run there was a a train going by and he wanted to run across and get across tracks before a train was coming and he said i started trying to run he said all i did was jump up and down he couldn't move he just jumping up and down that's the way this whole body does, huh? Us men, we, you know, our, our prayer time a little while ago, man, it happened, I'm telling you, we, I think we split up in three rooms. I'll guarantee you this. It was easier to get to the floor than it was getting up off the floor. You know? I think sometimes we, we, in our room there, sometimes what we got to have is, you know, I think, Ryan, you're usually the youngest one. You have a rope and just pull us all up. <laughs> I get up and I act like I'm just dusting my knees off, you know, when I get up. I, what I'm doing, I'm taking time to get my back straightened up. doth not yet appear what we shall be. The Bible says in Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. You know, God didn't only save us from something, but he saved us to something. (laughs) He saved me from hell, but he saved me to serve him. You know, uh, God didn't save us so we just sit and do nothing. God saved us to 
do something. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So what else will help us stay right? Fifth thing is, verse number two, but we know that when he shall appear. Remember, he could appear at any moment. Yeah, think about this. Summer's almost over. Isn't it? You notice how late it is now getting light in the morning? I've gotten to the place, it used to be I got up at 6 o'clock, and then I got up at 5 o'clock. Do you know where I'm at now? 4 o'clock. I wake up and I look at the clock and I'm thinking, it's 10 more minutes, 20 minutes till 4. I'm just going to lay here. I'm not getting, it's against the rule to get up before 4. And then 4 o'clock comes and I'll get up. Now, you know what? The day goes by still so fast. I think, I got those extra hours. Why does it go so fast? But that's the way time goes for us, doesn't it? But it used to be, when I was starting to say there, it used to be, it was light. It was getting light. Turkey season, fellas, it was getting light at 5 o'clock. I mean, them turkeys were gobbling at 5. Oh, I just want to sit here and park a while and talk about turkey hunting. But I'll move on. You're welcome. Bunch of sissy girls. But it get and now... It don't get light till about 11 o'clock. <laughs> it seems like, when you get up at 4 o'clock, it seems like it must be 11 o'clock now. And it takes forever to get light. And I'm like, wow, we're in August now. Summer is soon going to be over. We're going to be in fall. And then we're going to be in that other time that is like a cuss word. <laughs> W-I-N-T-E-R. I won't even say it out loud. But you know, I mean, the... And you know what we do? We go, my, how time flies. Have we ever done this about Christmas time? You know, we look, we look forward to Christmas as kids, and then as adults, all of a sudden, we go, I can't believe it's already Christmas. Do you know that when you were a child, it took just as long to get to Christmas as it does these days? <laughs> we kind of, you know, as we live in this old world, we kind of get used to everything going on, and we don't realize the time's creeping up on us. I got good news for you. This is a good one. I'm not happy summer will be over soon and it'll be fall and winter time. I'm not happy about it. I hope we skip winter. But here, here's the thing. You know, the, the time is, is moving on, but I, 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 and I know time is, time is moving on, but I know this too. The Lord is coming soon. And one of the reasons why is because time is moving on. You know, I, I wonder sometimes if, if when the Lord comes again, we're, we're going to be like we are now and say, Lord, I, am, I can't believe you came already. It's already time. I know we sit here tonight and we think, boy, it's been so long. But, you know, that time's going to come in the twinkling of an eye. So fast when our Lord comes for us and we rise to be with him. And, uh, you know, we need to be watchful and ready. You know what that will do? That will help, help us keep right, knowing the Lord's going to appear at any moment. You know, you see, when the trumpet sounds, there will not be an introduction. You know, Miss Bishop plays the song. We get ready to sing a song. We announce the, what song we're going to sing. What she do? She has an introduction. It's for us to get ready. You know when the trumpet sounds? No introduction. It's just boom, right there. I mean, before, I mean, just as that first note's played, I believe we're going to rise and be out of here. I thank the Lord. You know, I'm glad that he's coming. And, and, and we'll rise. And the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, the twinkle of an eye is faster than you can blink. You know, knowing the Lord's coming soon will help you stay right. Then one last thing. Verse 2 also, we shall be like him. 
we shall be like him. You know, won't it be great to be like the Lord? Oh, I get so tired of this robe of flesh. You know, I'll be glad. I, I get tired of this old world of sin. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something you could walk down the street and not hear any cuss words? You just walk down the street and not see any dirty stuff or, you know, any, any vile things going on. How wonderful it's going. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven someday? I mean, I know some of you are going to really be disappointed because there's not going to be anything to gripe about. It's going to be perfect. Won't that be awesome? You know, knowing these things, knowing we should be like him, ought to help us want to stay right. Stay right with the Lord. You see, we're going to live in a city wherein dwells righteousness. You know, I get tired of even now the you're getting ready to, you know, choose president again. Oh, all the stuff that's going back and forth. I mean, you know, I'm a conservative. I'm I'm not a democrat. I'm, I, you know, I'm a Republican. I mean, that's all right. But I tell you what, I, I'm embarrassed of Republicans even. They become just as vile as everything else. Even Mr. Trump. You know, he he was, you know, Pelosi. You know how much respect I have for her. And she said something about Trump, I was reading, and then all of a sudden he comes back and says, well, she's just an old witch. I'm like, you know what? Grow up, man. Grow up. Have some dignity. Have some, you know, be a man about things. And, and, and I just, I, I think, you know, how, how wicked, how cruel the world is. All the bickering and the fighting and the, 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 the nasty stuff that's going on. Yet one of these days... We'll be like him. We live in a perverse world right now, but this world's not our home. I like what someone said one day. I think a song's about it. I couldn't sing it to you, but I know what it says. It says, some call it heaven. I call it home. <laughs> Imagine the Lord greets us into heaven. You say, well, when St. Peter. No, I think the Lord's going to greet us into heaven. You know, see, St. Peter don't have any scars in his hands. But our Savior welcome us home. And I believe we get there and we see this place called heaven. I think the Lord's going to say, welcome home. Welcome home. How can we stay right in this world? Six things I gave you tonight. Is it possible to stay right in a perverse world? Yeah, I believe it is. But we've got to work on it. You know, Noah, he stayed right in a perverse world. There he was building that ark for all those years. How many folks went along with him? Just his family. They laughed. They mocked him. But he kept building. He stayed right. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is not going to like what we do. They're not going to approve of us. But we can stay right in a wicked world. Noah did. And finally, God said, all right, Noah, get you and your family in the ark. All the animals in there, and all the animals are in. He gets his family in. Nobody else came. They mocked him. They made all kinds of fun about him. They rejected him. But God shut the door. And those people perished. And Noah was safe in the ark. Now, let me tell you something. We're safe in the ark of salvation. In the Lord Jesus Christ. We're his. The world may not like it. The world may say all kinds of things. 
We are safe in him. We don't have to follow this old world, but we must follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must live in this old world right now. But this world's not my home. <laughs> I'm just passing through. Amen. I'm just passing through. You know, I was I grew up there in the Chicagoland area, and I was talking with uh, someone, someone the other day. Oh, oh, uh, brother uh, Owens, who was saying about being out in Chicago. He went to college where I did. He said the same thing. He took his kids out there to college, and they said, "Dad, we don't want to live here." You know, I used to live there, but I live in the mountains of Pennsylvania. I look out there, I don't see steel mills. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I don't even see air. He said, well, that's weird. No, if you lived where I used to live, you could see the air. You know, you, were, you all worried about the smoke that comes around, you know, from, from Canada. And I, I don't like it either, but I'll tell you what, I'll take that smoke before I'll take that smog any day. I'll be glad when Canada keeps her own communist air. Amen. Bunch of nuts up there too, isn't it? I'm glad that's not my home. But you know, the Lord's coming soon. And so in the meantime, let's stay right. Let's stay right. If you're here this morning, this evening, you're not sure you're saved, you can be saved. You can't stay right unless you get right first. You've got to be born again. If you're not saved, you need to be saved tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this time this evening. Thank you for the dear folks who have come out on this Sunday night. And I pray you'll speak to us now about these things. Lord, may we understand that we can live right, we can be right, stay right in an old wicked world. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here tonight, you're not sure of salvation. You need to be saved. I want to anyone tonight say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. I need to be saved. Preacher, that's me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone tonight? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. Christian tonight, you say, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's, let's behave right. Let's stay right. You say, preacher, the world is not doing it. I know. Don't follow the world. Follow the Lord. I like that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I like what it says. No turning back. No turning back. Stay right. You can by these things. Just those couple verses there we talked about here tonight can help you to stay right. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar will be open. You do what he says. And, and then if you're sure, not sure of salvation, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how you can be saved. Father, bless now and help us in this invitation time that you would be pleased and we would do what we should do this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.